Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Bill Gates, John F. Kennedy, Tony Robbins, Michael Phelps, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of industries. What else do they have in common? Well, they all have ADHD, but you don't hear much about that, do you? You know what you hear even less about? The successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka. I'm an attorney, not a doctor, a lifelong student, not a coach. I'm also the creator of Cortography, a patent-pending system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your superpowers, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest superpowers. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you, too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am Tracy Otsuka, and I wanted to welcome you to episode 28 of ADHD for Smartass Women. And in this episode, we are going to be talking to who I believe is our youngest member of our Facebook group, and her name is Sophia Crescioni. She's going to tell me if I mispronounce that in a second. Sophia is now 18. She just finished up her senior year in high school, and she was diagnosed with ADHD at the end of her freshman year. And I have to tell you, when she first introduced herself to our group, she said she was so happy to find us because she had always struggled with the contradictory characteristic of being labeled an overachiever, but also being mocked for zoning out and forgetting basic class. No matter how frustrating some of Sophia's symptoms are, she views her ADHD as a biochemical gift, which leads her to crave information and engage in new experiences. Sophia feels that she wouldn't appreciate the things that she's achieved as much if everything came naturally to her and she didn't have to work harder than her peers. Now, that's what we call grit. Sophia had just gone through the whole process of applying to college and she asked our group, and our group is called ADHD for Smartass Women, by the way, it's the same name. She asked our group if they'd be interested in her advice regarding the college admissions process when you have ADHD. There are a number of members in our group who have teenagers who also have ADHD. So Sophia made a post to help other bright ADHD kids who are stressing about the whole college application process because she was just in their shoes. And the post was very well received. And I was so impressed at how well-written and thoughtful it was. It took me a while to actually find it. And when I found it, I was like, Sophia, how come I didn't see this before? When did you post this? So I thought this would be just a really great conversation for anybody who has teenagers that have ADHD and are thinking of going to college or even for younger, I guess, listeners. So welcome, Sophia. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm really excited to be here. Well, I am so happy to have you too. You know what I noticed? I noticed that when you made that post, a lot of our members, and I didn't know this before you made the post, a lot of our members are college admissions counselors and coaches, and they really had a lot of questions for you, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was so interesting. Okay, so I want to back up and talk first about ADHD. I want to talk about your ADHD diagnosis, your symptoms. When did you first start to struggle and realize that there was something different about you? I feel like deep down, I always knew that there was something different about me. I couldn't really put my finger on it. In second grade, actually, my teacher 
realized that I could basically speak the Queen's English when I was reading in class. But a few seconds later, when she would ask me what I had just read, I wouldn't really be able to tell her. And I feel like that was the start of my ADHD. And I really feel that I began to struggle in middle school, like most girls with ADHD, because it's more complex academics and social scenes. And I think at the end of ninth grade, when I was diagnosed, even though I was kind of surprised because of the stereotypes about people with ADHD, I feel like it made a lot of sense when I sat down and thought about it and researched it. So what finally led up to the diagnosis in ninth grade? Like, you know, from second grade on, you knew there was something different. But obviously, you didn't get diagnosed then. Was it your parents who said, you know, let's go see what's going on? Yes, it was actually my mom. Well, it's kind of funny. Well, I can see the humor in it now. Call her from school because I would only bring one of my track spikes to school or I'd forget everything. One time I actually walked to the wrong class a couple periods before. And I feel like she really put two and two together when we went on a family cruise and my suitcase was just thrown about the whole entire cabin. Okay, so she had been seeing things. Did she think it was ADHD or did she think it was something else or she just didn't know? She researched ADHD in females. And I think in elementary school, they started to suspect that maybe I did have ADHD. But the test results were really inconclusive. And they actually had me in remedial reading for a year and classes like that, because they couldn't put two and two together that I was actually really smart. But I had trouble retaining information because I had ADHD. Okay, so when you were younger then, because what you should tell our audience now is what you're doing. And I mean, what I realized about you is you are very smart and you are doing a million things all at the same time. So was that not true when you were in elementary school? Did you kind of think that maybe there was something wrong and you weren't very smart? I feel like a lot of girls with ADHD struggle with anxiety and self-confidence because of how the symptoms manifest in girls. So I feel like I sometimes felt that I was really smart because in second grade, I would write 10-page creative like essays. But at the same time, I would struggle in math a lot. And that has been consistent throughout my academic career. So I feel like I used to feel that I was kind of dumb because of that part of things. But when I learned that I had ADHD, I feel like I actually became more confident with that label because it made me realize that it wasn't just a character flaw, but a difference in cognition. Okay. Have you heard of dyscalculia? Uh, yes. Okay. And were you tested for that? Do you know? Because I understand that's actually quite common with you know people who have ADHD. I wasn't tested for that. I feel like I tend to make a lot of kind of careless errors in math and then that carries through the rest of the problem. So it's not that I don't understand what I'm doing. It's just that I have trouble sustaining my attention on the math problem. Sometimes I miscopy math parts of other math problems. Oh my gosh. And that is so my son, you know, my son's 17 and he actually has been tested and he's quite gifted in math. And we didn't know that because he has hated math for as long as like since fourth grade. And so we were shocked that that was probably his biggest strength, but he does the exact same thing. It's all those steps that it takes to get to a math problem. And it doesn't matter that you know how to do it. It matters what the final result is at the end, you know, and he'll do something sloppy at the end. And then of course he gets the wrong answer and it doesn't matter that he really knows how to do it. 
He just was sloppy at the end. They don't care, right? Yeah. Okay. So then tell me what happened in high school then. And this is what they typically say of girls too, though, right? Well, all kids, but but girls especially, that it's those transitions that are really the problem. And I know I can relate because I had a definite transition from elementary school to junior high. I had straight A's. I went to a new junior high school. Everything was different. And my grades went from all A's to all B minuses. And at that point, my parents pulled me out of that school and put me into a Catholic private school. But I struggled again when I went to college. So I'm curious, was your diagnosis as a freshman because of that leap from junior high to high school as well? I feel like I didn't really struggle academically. I still did really well. I was taking two foreign language classes because I had a lot of interest in foreign language. So I feel like I excelled in the classes that I hyper-focused in because I was really interested. But I feel mm-hmm. like a lot fell apart for me in other aspects of my life, like organization and planning skills. Since I was smart, I would still be doing really well in school, but my anxiety would go through the roof because I was compensating so much for my undiagnosed ADHD. Gosh, that makes so much sense. So you're super smart. You are able to keep up, but you're kind of like that duck. You look like you're gliding on the water, but underneath the feet, you're just kicking and, you know, you're just trying to stay afloat and nobody really knows that but you. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So you got diagnosed. Did you try medication? My mom made it my personal choice to take medication. So I didn't in 10th grade. But then when I transferred schools, I decided to take the medication because I had begun to research my ADHD more and be more accepting of the fact that the stereotypes are wrong because when I told a teacher that I had ADHD, when I was first diagnosed, they said comments like, I'm too smart to have ADHD. And I had extended family members putting in input like that, which is really problematic. The way people perceive people with ADHD, we're not all Dory from Finding Nemo. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. And I am one of those who believes that if you can figure out where your strength is, you're probably brighter than 99.9% of the people who have that same strength. I have never met someone with ADHD where there wasn't a strength that they were just brilliant at. So yes, the misinformation is horrifying, especially coming from teachers. But again, I don't think a lot of medical doctors, you know, certainly general practitioners, they don't know what ADHD is. My son, my husband went in with my son a couple months ago and, you know, they've got this great doctor and my husband was describing some of the symptoms of ADHD to this doctor and he looked at my husband and said, oh my gosh, that sounds exactly like my son. I need to get him tested. So he had no idea. And he's a medical doctor. You know, he's a family practitioner. So yeah, I get it. So when you tried medication your junior year, what did you think? Are you one of the lucky ones that it really made a huge difference? Yes, I feel like it did make a huge difference for me. I think that I was able to perform at the same high academic level, but it wasn't as stressful for me because I was able to compensate for the downsides of my ADHD. And I feel like it also enhanced the positives. So I actually am graduating with 4.0 GPA and as president of National Honor Society. And I'm really grateful for that. Wow. That's amazing. You are a true smartass, Sophia. I can only imagine what you're going to do in the future. And the thing is, you had no accommodations through high school as well, right? I did not because I was diagnosed so much later than boys. And I was kind of worried about it being out in the open Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's very out in the open in high school. But 
I did have my ADHD medicine at school, which actually caused some discomfort for me because when I would go in to take my medicine, the school nurse would make comments like, oh, you just went on a field trip, so you missed math. I only thought that you need your ADHD medicine for math. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's bad. Now, Sophia, you also took a lot of AP classes, correct? I actually, I am so interested in history that I self-taught myself the entire AP US history review book and got a five on it. You did? Wait a minute. You taught yourself and you got a five? Yes, I guess that's one of the benefits of hyper-focus. Absolutely. That is so ADHD. I love it. I often think that we learn best by teaching ourselves. I really do. I've, I've heard this over and over again. Wow. Okay. And you were also really involved in high school and you were doing all these activities. You decided to play. You'd never played soccer before. Is that true? And you decided to just try out for varsity your senior year? Yes. uh, My school is actually very small. It's a public school, but we only have 30 kids in our graduating uh, class. So they were short on soccer players. And I'm very close with my history teacher. He actually knows that I have ADHD and he's very supportive and understanding. And he asked me if I would consider playing soccer. And as someone with ADHD, I jump at every single opportunity I have to try something new. So of course, I went and played uh, varsity soccer in my senior year. I wasn't very good. It was very fun. (laughs) Wait, you weren't very good, but it was a lot of fun? Yeah. Is that what you said? Okay. I love that. Okay. So now that we know a bit about you. Can you give us advice on what to do if either there's a listener there who is, you know, starting the college process or there's a parent of a teenager who will be starting the college process? I have to make a comment that, you know, my daughter went through the college process. It was, I guess, three years ago. And she was like you, you know, as far as really strong student, valedictorian of her junior high. She went to a really um, academic high school, a top 35 in the country. And we really thought, oh my gosh, you know, everything had always been easy for her. So we just assumed the college process, no problem at all. It was one of the most stressful things that as parents that I've ever been through and that she's ever been through. So I think a lot of people don't understand until they get through it, how tough it really can be. So I can only imagine if you're also dealing with ADHD and all those applications, what a nightmare. I would first start off by recommending that students with ADHD start taking the SAT in their junior year and not the summer or the fall of their senior year. That is one of my biggest regrets I was just so nervous about taking the test because I don't have accommodations. So I put it off until last minute. And one of the things that a lot of colleges do is they have this thing called super scoring, which is when they combine the section scores of your highest tests. And then they add that together to get your total SAT score. So if I had taken it more times, I might have been able to do better on the math part than I would have with just taking the two administrations of the SAT. Sophia, how many times did you take the SAT? Twice. And you never did the ACT? I did not, but I have heard that that is also helpful for people with ADHD. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because you're so good at history, I would think that that would have been a great test for you. Now, did you take any SAT test prep? I just did Khan Academy, which is 
you take the PSAT and they have a partnership with the College Board that is free. And you can actually have the program tailored to the questions that you got wrong to do better. And my mom got me this book, and I think it's called The Black Book of SAT Prep. And it taught you how the College Board goes about thinking up questions for the SAT and their different strategies for placing wrong answers in for people. And I actually read that book a lot because of hyper-focus. And I kind of was interested in how they trick so many people into picking the wrong answers. So I studied that a lot in depth. And I was able to catch myself before I impulsively check the wrong answer, the second administration. That's really impressive too, because everybody that I know takes test prep. And that means that you either show up for a course or you've got a tutor that's online. So you basically taught yourself how to take the SAT as well. And I feel like I'm someone who was failed by the College Board, but also was helped by the College Board because I was getting fives on my AP tests. But then they were kind of telling me that my SAT scores were like bad in math, but really well in English. So it was kind of funny that they were kind of judging me as being an average student on the SAT. Mm-hmm. But then for actual college level coursework, I was getting in the top eight or 10% of the country. Okay, so I don't understand the difference as far as what it is that you're talking about. So there's the AP are ranked from one to five, and therefore, college level courses, for example, I took AP human geography. So that's the equivalent of a college level human geography class. And you sit for that one exam administration, and they rank you from one to five. And five is like the top like eight or 10% of students who are taking those college level exams. Got it. So you're comparing the SAT with the AP testing. Yes, because they're by the college board. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, what other advice do you have for us? I would definitely try to highlight the aspects of your ADHD that are positive. I did not really choose to disclose my ADHD directly, except to one school, which was University of Rochester, because I interviewed with them. And I felt the room and kind of felt like it was a good decision to talk about it. In that interview, I didn't in other college interviews. And I did talk about it for one of their supplements. But I talked a lot in my common application essay about my desire to learn new information and transitioning schools and playing varsity soccer in my senior year. So I highlighted the personality traits that I attribute to my ADHD that are positive without directly saying that I had ADHD. And there's this thing on the Common app where you can add additional information. I think they give you 500 words. A lot of people don't utilize it, but I chose to turn one of the negative aspects of my ADHD into a positive in that section because I don't know if you have these in California. We have this thing called the Regents exam and they're state tests that are actually pretty difficult. And in 10th grade, when I didn't have ADHD medication, I surprisingly failed the geometry Regents. Mm -hmm. And I went back the summer before my senior year and retook the exam by self-teaching myself and with the help of a tutor. And my score improved by 20 points and I passed it. And I talked about how I was more proud of that than any AP exam that I had ever taken because I was able to improve in an area that I academically struggled in. Oh my gosh, I love that. And again, yeah, you said somewhere that it means more to you when you really, really have to work hard. It's like building that grit and then you succeed versus you succeed the first time you try. I love that. 
Yes, and I was actually a peer tutor at my school's writing center. And then with a partnership of my English teacher, who was one of my favorite teachers, I tried to expand it into a tutoring center for all subjects because I was someone who was really, really strong in the humanities but struggled in math. So I feel like those students should also be helped. So we tried to expand the writing center to a peer tutoring center. Got it. So did you do interviews with the applications when they were offered to you? Yes. Well, for schools that I could get to an interview when I applied to Wake Forest, they offered interviews, but it's so far away that I didn't get the chance to go down an interview. I interviewed at College of the Holy Cross and I was accepted. I interviewed at University of Rochester and was accepted and Gettysburg College, which is where I'm going in the fall. And I was also accepted there. Okay. So you did really well with the schools where you were granted an interview. Yes. I feel like that's because they were able to separate me as a person from the hard (laughs) scores. But because my transcript is weird because I have 99s and 100s in the humanities classes, but then I have 70s and, and 80s in math and science. I I just don't get, I don't understand math. I mean, I have heard that there are students who cannot graduate from high school because they'll have straight A's and everything else, but they'll have like an F in algebra. And I remember reading a study that there are some brains that just cannot learn algebra. And I just think that policy needs to change. I do not understand why we have to go so wide. Why not go deep, you know, because ultimately when we go deep, we're focusing on our strengths. And that's probably where we're going to do the best, you know, as far as career wise. So I don't get it. Okay. So tell us how you handled recommendations from teachers. I chose to pick teachers in the subjects that I did really well in and who knew that I had ADHD because I was very close with them. And also the teachers who were advisors for National Honor Society because I was president and my history teacher, who I admire a lot and was also my soccer coach. And I also chose my science teacher who I had for chemistry and physics because I tried really hard in his class and he saw that I was very smart in other subjects, but math and science weren't my forte. And he was very impressed at how hard I tried, despite the fact that I struggled in those classes. So you did not just go to teachers for recommendations in classes you did really well in. You made a point of going to the teachers where you didn't do as well as you would have liked, but you worked your rear end off to get the grade you got. Yes, because I think that one of the key characteristics of people with ADHD is grit and perseverance. And I feel like they recognize that in me and they still wanted to write me a good recommendation because they knew that I was smart. I just struggled in their class. So it sounds to me, Sophia, like, and I tell my son this all the time, that you really make a point of despite, you know, these some areas that you struggle in because of some ADHD traits, you really develop a relationship with your teachers. Am I right in that? That seems to be a common thread. Yes, it's either through me being really interested in their class and making all these interesting connections and class debates, or whether it's going to a teacher in a class that I struggle with because I want to do well in their class and succeed. Okay. And do you always find that if you go there and they know that you're really serious and earnest and you want to do well, do they always respond positively? In my case, yes, but I go to a small school. When I went to my other school, I didn't really feel that's the case because it was a big suburban school. And I feel like a lot of kids who are smart, but 
struggle in certain subjects get left behind. Totally. I think the kids who fall through the cracks with ADHD are the smart kids because their teachers see and their parents see that there are some subjects that they do incredibly well in and then other subjects that they don't. So they're kind of consistently inconsistent and sometimes even in the same class. And so I think teachers look at them and say, well, it must be a character issue. They must be obstinate. They, you know, rather than no, it's just, it's our brains and how they work sometimes or all the times. So I remember when my daughter was applying for all these schools and kind of all the deadlines, you know, they would bunch up. I think there were two deadlines and everything bunched up around there, which sounds terrifying to me as an ADHD person with an ADHD brain. How did you manage the deadlines? I actually started as soon as the common application came out, and I'm pretty sure it they release it every year, August 1st. And I made sure to apply early action to some of the schools that I was really interested in to break up the deadlines. Early action is the non-binding early decision process. And I did apply full early decision to Holy Cross and I was accepted, but they wanted me to pay the full price. And I personally just didn't think that any education is worth <laughs> seven a year. So they removed me from that. Uh, so it was broken up between November 1st deadlines and January deadlines. And I absolutely made sure that I sent all my AP scores and SAT scores to colleges early because I knew if I was kind of just doing it one by one that I would end up forgetting to send an SAT score to a school. So you, you bunched it up and you did it all, all at the same time early. Well, I kind of broke it up into early action and regular decision to make sure that yeah. it was kind of split between them because like most people with ADHD also have anxiety. So I stress applied to a huge amount of schools. Okay. And then how did you keep track of all of that? I mean, you've got all this stuff going to this school and that school. It must have just been an organizational nightmare unless you're really good with organization. I had a notebook where I wrote down notes about why I like certain schools and the schools that I was applying to and when I would send things to them and when I would complete their supplements and the time frame that I wanted to get the application complete. Okay. And did you always send things in advance of deadlines or are you the kind of person who it's right before the deadline? There it is. Always in advance of deadlines because otherwise I end up sending things right before they're due. Okay. And so because this was so important to you, you were able to set your own deadlines in advance of their deadlines. Yes. Okay. So are you going to seek accommodations at which college are you going to again? Gettysburg College. Yeah, at Gettysburg. Are you going to seek accommodations or do you know? Have you checked out? Do they have an office? For I'm assuming they do. Yes, they, they do. And there's a huge lengthy process for it. And I was considering not going through with it because I thought they wouldn't give me any of it because I don't think a lot of schools understand the difference mm -hmm. in the diagnosis time frame for girls. So they might view me more negatively because I was diagnosed at the start of ninth grade. But I went to the neurologist and the nurse practitioner, she actually disclosed to me that she had ADHD. <laughs> and we went through her first two years at college and then stopped because it was so hard for her without accommodations. But then she went back with accommodations and went and even got a master's degree because she's a nurse practitioner. And she recommended to me that I do get accommodations just to make things easier for me and to level the playing field more. Like I used to be like embarrassed about the prospect of that, but 
it doesn't make you any less intelligent. It's just leveling the playing field so you're able to utilize your strength and intelligence just as much as a neurotypical student. So uh, did you go to the office at Gettysburg as far as for accommodations or have you talked to them yet or checked it out? Uh, They reached out to me and there's a whole bunch of forms that my doctor needs to fill out and that I need to fill out. And it's weird. They say that if you haven't been diagnosed within three years that they want you to be retested for ADHD. And that's annoying to me because I remember the day that I got tested for my ADHD and that it was really frustrating for me because I feel like the tests made me feel kind of dumb. Uh-huh. So does that mean you have to retest? Wait, yeah, freshmen up probably, right? I think so, yes. Yeah. If I was reading the paper correctly. Right. Now, my son was diagnosed when he was 12, and then we wanted him re-diagnosed by a really, really good uh, psychiatrist. And he was very clear about He made us wait six months because he said, I want this to be good for college. For exactly that reason, because it's also not only is it annoying and very long, it's also very expensive to do it. What about test optional schools? Did you apply to any of them? Yes. University of Rochester let you send AP scores instead of SAT scores. And I was accepted into there, even though they said that their admissions rate this year was only 20 to 25%. And Mm -hmm. I feel like... I had sent my SAT scores in, and they might have viewed me in a more, like a less objective way. Okay. So, and it seems like there are more and more universities that are doing this. Am I correct in that or do you know? Yes. One of the schools that I applied to was University of Denver and they weren't test optional when I applied, but they recently announced that they are going test optional. And some of the schools that I did apply to, like Loyola University in Maryland, where I did submit my SAT scores, they were also test optional, but I submitted my SAT scores because you're more likely to get scholarships if you do submit them. But there are a lot of schools that are choosing to go test optional because I think they're starting to realize that it's not a good measurement of someone's intelligence, especially people who think differently, whether it's ADHD or they have dyslexia or some other difference about them. You know, what's so interesting. I just finished a book by Edward Hallowell, who's like, right, the godfather of ADHD. He wrote uh, Driven to Distraction with John Rady. And his book is really not about ADHD. It's more about his life because I come from a crazy family, the making of a psychiatrist. And he talked about this young boy who was eight years old who came into his practice. He was working at like the public clinic. And they thought this boy, I mean, literally could not learn. I think his IQ score was 65. And no one at that time had heard of ADHD. And he put this boy on Ritalin and it took all kinds of, you know, permission from everyone to be able to do that. And then they had him retested and his IQ and he, Ed Hallowell knew he, this kid was smart. You know, he was just one of these eight-year-olds that knew everything about everything. And when he was really interested, it wasn't just a little bit. It was, you know, he knew it all. And he had him retested once he was on Ritalin and his IQ jumped to 140. So (laughs) I thought that was really interesting. And I agree with you. I think that testing doesn't measure much of anything for a lot of students. So is there anything else that you want to share about the college application process? Anything that you think an ADHD student out there might be interested in knowing? 
I think if it's possible, you should apply to a wide variety of schools. I actually maxed out the Common App by applying to 20 schools, but a lot of them had free applications or they didn't really have that many supplements. And I found that my college admissions were all over the board. Like I got rejected outright from Boston College and Tulane, but University of Rochester and Holy Cross are considered to be, I think, ranked higher than those schools. So there are some schools that focus more on the SAT because they're trying to climb the ranks. Like I went through that with the unofficial flagship school of New York, which is SUNY Binghamton. And I actually had a phone conversation with the admissions officer because they didn't really admit me, deny me or waitlist me. They wanted me to live on their campus and but go to one of the community colleges near them for a year, which didn't make sense because I had the amount of credits that they wanted mm-hmm. at a 4.0. And I was a five student. It's not like I really had any sort of remedial mm-hmm. need. So I called him and asked him about it because I had those credits. And he asked me if I was familiar with the competitive admissions process. And I said, yes, I was admitted into University of Rochester and Holy Cross and University of Wisconsin-Madison. And he told me that he honestly wasn't surprised, but they're looking for at least a 1330 SAT score. And I feel like that is really wrong, that they're just trying to climb the ranks on, say, Princeton Review or any one of those websites that rank colleges. And they're not actually trying to get students who are invested in learning. And it was kind of an insult to me because they were saying that they wanted me on their campus and thought that I was smart, but they didn't directly want me because it would not help with their ranking. Wow. That's unbelievable. I have never heard that before. That's a new one. And I think you're absolutely right. Okay. So I have, I have a few just basic questions that don't have anything to do with the admissions process, but I think they'll help other listeners. And my first one is, since I'm talking to someone who's 18, and I'm sure that there are many parents of ADHD kids listening right now, what advice would you like to give parents about ADHD and you know being an ADHD teen? I think that parents should do their try their best to understand what it's like to have ADHD and make sure that they don't play into the stereotype of people with ADHD cuz i have uh, been through that with some people in my family not my mom she is very very supportive mm-hmm. but sometimes i feel like she might not understand when she gives me a set of instructions to do in the house that it is very hard for me to retain a list like that mentally. So it would help if she wrote things down for me or broke it up into different steps. And I think that you should also really encourage your kid to focus on the strengths of their ADHD and not the negatives and in the, and uh, praise them for trying in subjects that they might struggle in because Kids with ADHD don't want to disappoint their parents or anyone. They're trying really, really hard, but it's not always that easy for them. Wow. You said that so eloquently. And I talked about this study before, but there was a study done a few years ago on successful adults who had ADHD, really successful adults. And the one factor that they all cited as playing the biggest role in their success it was having one adult who believed in them, who didn't denigrate their, you know, their symptoms or their traits as a character flaw or laziness or a moral failing. And they understood that 
We don't do these things on purpose. We don't want to disappoint people. Exactly what you just said. It's just how our brain works. So I think that is, is absolutely brilliant. And then my last question for you is, I want to know what is your number one ADHD workaround? I think my number one ADHD workaround is just trying to focus on the things that I'm good at and trying new things and kind of tying in those things into things that I might not exactly like. My mom wanted me to have a summer job last year, so I chose to be a summer camp counselor. And I also wanted to go on the school trip to Greece so, so bad. So I came up with this elaborate plan on how I was going to save all my money to pay for the trip. And initially, she was skeptical. But then she took a chance on it because she knows that my ADHD brain makes it so when I really, really want to accomplish something, I will hone in on it and do it. So I worked the entire summer and was able to go on my school trip to Greece. And I am very interested in traveling. And that's one of the things that I hyper focus on. So I'm just really glad that I'm surrounded by adults like that. Wow, Sophia. And you know, I think there is something about travel and the ADHD brain. So my son, his godfather lives in Munich, and he's going to be using Munich as his home base. And he's spending a good portion of the summer just traveling Europe. Now, I'm telling you at 17, even today, I would not do that. But there is something I think it's, it's the stimulation, right? And you all are, we're, we're so curious. And so there is something about travel in the ADHD brain. I know that. Do you have any idea what you want to do when you grow up <laughs> as an adult? I'm actually planning to major in international affairs and public policy and minor in a foreign language. And I definitely want to study abroad and potentially do embassy work or another career that enables me to travel and learn more about different people because I feel like people with ADHD are inherently curious about other cultures and traveling. So I feel like it would be the perfect job for me. And I wouldn't even call it a job because yeah. if you I feel like if you really love something and you're working for it, then it's not really a job. Right. Well, and you love foreign languages, so that all fits. I love that. Sophia, you are such a bright light, and I predict that you're going to kill it in college and beyond. And I can't thank you enough for spending time with us here today and sharing what you discovered about the college admissions process. Where can people find you if they have a question? Um, They can uh, DM me on Instagram. My account is Sophia Crishone and that's Sophia with a PH. And my last name is hard to spell. It's C-R-I-S-C-I-O-N-E. And I would love to help anyone who has questions. And I know that in the group, it's mostly parents, but if they have kids who have ADHD, who have questions or just want to talk to someone about the college admissions process who went through with ADHD, they can definitely reach out to me. That's perfect. And I will put that in the show notes as well, which is at uh, tracyoutsuka.com. So anyway, that is what we have for you this week. Sophia, thank you so much for spending time with us. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. If you like this episode with Sophia, I would love if you would leave us a review. They really do matter. If you have a comment, a guest you'd like me to interview, or a topic idea for this podcast, you can go to my website at tracyoutsuka.com, click on podcast in the navigation bar, and you're going to see a microphone there to your right where you can leave me an audio message. 
Alternatively, you can also reach out to me at Tracy at TracyOtsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Otsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. If you liked what you heard, we sure would appreciate a review. And not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, well, that's also the name of our free Facebook group. Go look it up. We're a totally smart-ass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. We'd love to have you join us. You can also find all my details over at tracyoutsuka.com. Don't forget, I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.